Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This shit is big time! Who is Randy? Don't bring anyone love into this. Your mom in the fucking stand! Bonjour, Ethan. Supplie. Oui, oui. Oui, oui. 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 Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Man, I'll just get right into it. You are a super inspiring dude, man. Thank you very much. You really are. I mean, I've, you know, I've obviously known who you are and seen you in countless shows and movies. And, um, you know, I took note, like a lot of people did at your incredible transformation. I, I still can't get over it. I, I mean, I don't know if that's old to you, but it's like, it is, it's such a remarkable, like, I mean, I, I, I can so appreciate the discipline and the work of that transformation that like it never gets not incredibly impressive to me. It, uh, I, 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 I can relate because when I look at images of myself yeah. from 20 years ago yeah. or even five years ago, um, it's startling. It's a it's startling. It's a startling transformation. It really is. And I think that like, I, I was thinking about this, before, you know, when you, I knew you were coming on, I was like, you know, I realized that I think most people never really have um, that much experience or engagement with somebody who gets really, really big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you see, you see people like that sometimes, but I mean, you don't really, you know, you're not really informed. Uh, like what, how did that happen? Cause every, that's one of your things, right? You go like, how does that happen? Like, yeah. How does somebody get, you know, because most people who deal with like any type of weight issue, they have a kind of like a self-imposed uh, limit. Once uh, we get here. Yeah. They, man, this is too much, you know? Or yeah. And then you, you see somebody get big, like really big, like you were. And you just, I go, was like, five over 500 pounds. I mean, you know, the other, other thing is that like a lot of people over five pounds, you don't live to even talk about it later, yeah. right? Because that's you're a ticking time bomb at that. Yeah. And one of the things I guess I mean I, you have to kind of remind yourself is that you don't get to that quickly, so you can't get out of that quickly either, right? But this is the this is the thing that I think I'm trying to talk about mm -hmm. as much as possible because I think what what you're touching on is the most important or the the most valuable. Uh, thing to inf to try to get people because it's it's impossible to have that point of view while you're in that point of view yeah you wake up one day going i can't do this anymore and you want it you know almost as if you want to just unzip the suit that and day. step out of it you of need it gone and so the inclination is get it off as fast as possible this is so counterintuitive to keeping it off mm -hmm. and so I've done that. I've done, you know, a pound a day for 80 days. I've done, no, I did two pounds a day for 40 days once. Um, I've done 500 calorie a day diets. I've done the Beverly Hills diet where you're eating only pineapple for weeks at a time. And then they add in papaya, like really. You've the, all, you've done it all. The craziest diets in an attempt to get it off. Mm -hmm. 
and it always came back. And I was always looking for a solution to myself that I thought the diet would provide, or I thought X weight would fix me. If I just get to this weight, yes, I'll be fixed. Yes. Never happened. It never, and I'll say this, like one thing I, like I've had up and down weights. And I think sometimes like when you have, uh, that struggle, but it's in a, you know, more acceptable weight range yeah. and you go like, Oh, this is a struggle. People go like, you don't have a weight problem. The guy, the guy that weighs 500. And you're like, no, like <laughs> they're both there. Yeah. It's a relative it's still, problem. Yeah. It's, it's still a bothersome and yeah. I'm trying to do it and I'm struggling and they're like, don't worry about it. And you're like, right. oh, okay. Thank you. Thanks a lot. This is helpful. Thank you for diminishing my problems. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, because it, 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 you know, you feel like you're like, there's people, you know, 20 pounds. They're like, I don't know what to do. Like, they, they, they struggle. They, they fixate on the, these, these 20 pounds I can't shed. And, yeah. and it just feels like, you know, you, I know people that have, had that kind of thought or like hindrance that it feels like it's there for years, you know, and they, they just can't make the move, even though you kind of, the, the fascinating part about like the human mind to me is that you kind of know what to do. Yeah. But we're fascinating creatures and that you go like, I know I shouldn't eat this. Yeah. I know I should be more active. I know I should. And you still will then not do what you need to do. And I I've always thought that like one of the, the worst part, one of the worst parts about being overweight and struggling with it is the amount of time you spend thinking about it. Yeah. Like that's kind of the, the torture, right? Where you're like, I'm unhappy. It's the only thought. It's, it's a your, mantra. And it's just like, you go to bed, think about it, you put on clothes, you think about it, you go down the stairs, you think about it, you go, you're, you're looking at people, you think about it and you're like, this is consuming all my mental energy. Yeah. Just thinking about that I wish I didn't weigh like this. I, I think that, you know, like we all understand the principles at work unless yeah. we're, unless we're really, you know, but then I say that well, and I think about people who are raised eating food at gas stations and fast food. Sure. And I'm like, maybe they don't know. Maybe they have no idea what they're consuming calorically and how their body processes that, you know, so there's that too. But I think you can understand like that you need to make a lifestyle change and this word lifestyle is prevalent in diet culture and you can actually have different points of view on what that means for me i always thought well a diet is a lifestyle change mm -hmm. but it's not because if you diet forever you die mm -hmm. faster probably than if you are fat starving will kill you quicker than being fat mm -hmm. you know that's why the body is uh kind of trained to accumulate fat and fights against diets with everything it can like just on a natural level your body does not want to diet it doesn't want to restrict restrict food and it wants to store calories and energy in the form of fat so lifestyle change is really how can i live forever mm -hmm. in some state that is not this what can i change forever for my life and that's a big thing to look at. And I think when you get into the extreme stuff, mm -hmm. I don't think people are necessarily being honest with themselves going like, I'm going to never eat bread again. Yeah. Bread is my thing. That's a big enemy for a lot of people. Bread. Yeah. I mean, listen, we live in Los Angeles. We're kind of at the forefront of diet yeah. trends and fads. And bread has been a, a big no-go for a long time. And then we had gluten-free bread and so there was a period of my time my life where it was just like well 
as long as I'm eating gluten-free bread, then I'm, good. I'm fine. Yeah. Not true. Yeah. It's actually got, you know, uh, most of it has more calories mm-hmm. than non-gluten bread, which your body's going to store as fat. So it's just all of these things where it's like, I need it off today. I'm going to do something extreme to get there, whether that be adding in a bunch of exercise that is not sustainable for my life or restricting food in some radical way that is also not sustainable for my life. And this is my lifestyle change. My lifestyle change will be this tiny little period of time while I'm dieting. And that's not actually a lifestyle change. A lifestyle change, a real lifestyle change is like a notable shift, right? Of like, I'm doing things. I'm not going to live in the same way. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, it, it can be a radical shift. It can also be an incrementally small shift that, you know, creating habits that eventually just lead you into living in a different way. But I think that the actual thing that you've got to confront or that I had to confront after 18 years of dieting was dieting isn't the solution. It's not. It's what do I do after the diet? How do I live yeah. in a different way? Right. Because this can't be like a 30 or 60 day thing because that's, you know, that's going to be over in 60 days. Yeah. I got, I got to do something that's like a change that I can apply all the time. Yeah. Now, before we get to like the way down, which sure. is fascinating, um, getting up yeah. to like, cause like I said, you almost can't conceive of it, yeah. right? Like you go, like when you said I weighed over 500 pounds, it's like, I can't even, I don't even know what to, you know what I mean? Like it's, how, it's, a shocking it's an astonishing number, number yeah. right? Do you, like when you look back on it, it is over time, right? It's a gradual increase. Were you eating just reckless, incredible amounts of food? Yes, I was. Um, but I, I had, there was a lot of psychological stuff. I was, in, I was very uncomfortable eating in front of people. Yeah. So much of my eating would be at the end of the night, I'd hit a drive-through, get food for five or six people, you know, even sometimes joke with the gal or the guy I was buying it from that my friends are at home, like just making up stories because sure, sure. I'm mortified. Yeah. Um, I even had w- one period in my life where I was doing, where I would fabricate these wild stories in my head about who, who sold better burgers, AMPM or 7-Eleven, and somehow convinced myself that the people working in those convenience stores were you know, more accustomed to the dregs of society than somebody at a fine establishment like a McDonald's drive-thru. So it's okay to go in and let this person see me buying a bunch of cheeseburgers, you know, like just like completely irrational nonsense. Yeah. Um, I also didn't do anything. I wasn't physically active at all. I played video games. I watched TV. I was a drug addict for a long time. I, I just, what was your drug of choice? Heroin, cocaine. Wow. Yeah. Serious drugs. Yeah. But, but, by the way, there was some part of me that was doing those drugs hoping I would get thin. Yes. And I would ruin every high every night by eating because yeah. that was kind of like my blanket, my emotional comfort blanket at the end of the day was I'm going to consume to the point where I can't move, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Like when I drink, I drink to the point where I black out. If I'm going to eat on my own the way I want to eat, it's going to be to the point where I'm like, one bite away from throwing up wow and that's probably how you consume drugs too right yeah like, yeah basically. so like like full addiction yeah yeah and i think this thing i mean this is like real uh you know bush league psychology but i think most people when you see somebody at that size like 
my, I'll tell you my immediate thought is like, oh, this person uh, has some trauma. Yeah. You know, that like, cause almost, it's almost from having seen shows, you know, like TLC shows where they're like, when did you start gaining weight? Right. And the person, uh, the, sometimes the, uh, the interesting thing is the, the level of like delusion and denial of that patient, you know, yeah. they'll be like, when did you start gaining weight? And they're like, when I was 16 and they're like, did anything happen when you were 16? They're like, no. And they're like, nothing. Like, I mean, I got molested, but you know, it, like they'll, they'll reveal yeah. this traumatizing event. And then they're like, you don't think that's related to this? And they'll be like, I don't know. Never really thought of it. And you realize that there's this horrible event that maybe, you know, prompted. Do you, I imagine that like, since you've been there, when you see like a really obese person, does it like affect you? You know, like, do, 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 does it hit you in a certain way? I, f I feel empathy. I, I, I also am coming from a place where having gone through, having experienced that, the amount of attention that you get because of it yes. is horrible. Right. And so when I experience any reaction, I'm trying, I'm also rationalizing that I am positing my experience onto them mm -hmm. and tr and making some moral judgment for them that I can't necessarily make. Um, but I do feel that if a person, it does, it makes me uncomfortable. Yes. Because yeah. I, because I've been there and I was very unhappy yeah. while I was there. That's the thing is that, you know, you know, there's unhappiness and I mean, for me, for there you. was, yeah, yeah. I, I have a difficult time saying that my experience is the same as anyone else's that's fair but i do have an have a reaction and i try to recognize what that reaction is connected to how do you feel when like feel when you see old images of yourself it makes me terrifically uncomfortable okay but that's I, very relatable because yeah. i'll say that like when i see like the heaviest pictures of myself i get like pretty notably sad yeah like you know i don't i shouldn't say notably because i don't know that any like but inside like even i'll see a photo and it'll be someone like hey i met you at this thing and they'll tag me and i'll see the picture and i'll be like oh like i'll i'll feel bad about it because in my mind i don't look at the picture and the event and the person meeting me my mind goes to like how did you get to this point in this photo yeah. Why didn't you check yourself before this? Yeah. And it's actually like, it takes work for me to be like, okay, like that is, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. And, and like, cause I'll want to beat myself up more about six years. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, I can't believe you're okay. You were okay right. with this. And it'll just be like this very kind of negative spiral, yeah. you know, but it's also, it's reality and it's the past. Yeah. The first time I was invited to watch dailies at a movie um, was on Blow, and they had a truck, a, a big tractor trailer truck that had a projector in it, and you'd go and sit in it, and they'd project it across, you know, it was a bizarre thing. Mm -hmm. And every day we would watch, they would watch dailies, and I got invited on the first day of dailies that I was in to watch them, and I walked out of the truck going like, this was a bad idea yeah. to, to watch that. And I've, from that point forward never watched playback never watched a movie i've been in never watched a television because there's nobody who could be more of a critic of me than me and watching that was so shocking to see myself because when i'm in myself 
the most I'm seeing is my reflection in the mirror. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting really a sense of what my back looks like right. and what I look like from the side and yep. all of this. And seeing myself on film, I, I, I walked out of there going like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this is a joke that I'm here in this movie. Yeah. I cannot believe that anybody wants me in this movie or to do this thing that I'm doing. And it affected me for a few days. And I've just, so now I have a much smaller version of that, but it's still the same thing where I'm seeing this going like, I don't, there's no, I can't connect it to a single thing or there's no part of my life today that would ever allow that. And I've gained weight, you know, four years ago, I was 400 pounds. Four years ago? Five years ago. Five years ago, I was 400 pounds or 390. Um, I had to have surgery on my bicep and, uh, and they wouldn't do it in the outpatient. I had to go into a hospital because of my weight. And my wife was like, what are you doing? And so... I just have to keep that in mind forever, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you, and, and so in your head, you always have the, you know, the reality that that can happen again too, yeah. right? Yeah. It is in me. If I am not diligent, I can go back to all of it, can all come back. Yeah. For, for me, which I, I recognize is a different thing altogether, but for me, I realize that when I make uh, food, and fitness a priority i'm happier i look better i feel better all of this but it has to be a priority in my life yeah what happens to me is it is until it's not and when it's not it's very everything hard. changes yeah and then all of a sudden i'm like how did i gain 40 pounds yeah like you know it just and it feels like it happened quickly but every time you like do the math you're like this didn't happen quickly this was actually it's this Everything is easier with momentum. Yeah. And you create a habit and you're and it becomes a part of your life. And then for me when it falls out, this is why like rest days for me are so stressful. I don't feel as good as when I go to the gym. Yeah. And and it's just one of these days where am I gonna am I gonna go to the gym tomorrow? Like, is this day gonna be contagious to the rest of the week and the rest right. of my life? And it and there's anxiety there because of it. I totally get that. Cause I feel the anxiety built like Sometimes, you know, you're not even like aware, like I'll, my wife will be like, hey, like, you're all right. You're, you're, you know, like you're kind of short today or, you know, like something going on. And I'll be like, I don't know. And then I'll go, oh, I haven't worked out in a couple of days, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And I'll realize that she's like, well, could you go right now? So <laughs> like you're, you're making everybody feel weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, I'll go right now. But I also feel that momentum with like, you go, I'm gonna eat bad food. And then you have like your second meal and your third meal. Like, am I eating shitty? You're like, oh yeah, I'm just like continuously eating shitty. Yeah. Whereas like when you make the good choices, you find momentum in those. Yeah. Right. And then breakfast was good. I'm not gonna fuck it up at lunch and then dinner and like and then it goes into the next day. That momentum is is very real. It is, and 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 I think it does go in both ways. It does. And getting back, I think it's just as hard. But you have more of a pull from history to get into ba revisit bad habits yeah i do at least you know mcrib is back and suddenly i'm like 
I could eat a McRib. I know I could eat a McRib. It wouldn't affect my life one sure. way or the other. But am I going to then eat a McRib every day? Am I going to eat two? Am and I you have to think four? about that. These are thoughts. Yeah. This, is, this is a legitimate thought to have. I am, it is tr so much different than with drugs because for me, drugs and alcohol are uh, really an either or. I'm either doing them or I'm not. Yeah. Food, you have to eat. You have to. So it's, it's so much more complicated. It's always been a point of fascination is hearing about food addiction and sex addiction, mostly because they are like kind of biological functions of life. Yeah. So you go, well, how does the person who has an issue with either of these do them? Like, you know, like <laughs> right. how can you consume food if you're, you know? Yeah. And I, I, it feels like when somebody's really deep in that, that's gotta be a struggle. It's yeah. gotta be a struggle. Yeah. Uh, the the last two years, I've spent more time uh, working actively on maintenance than I have on diet, and and when I say that, I just mean, you know, diet. I'm when I say diet, I don't mean the way I eat. I mean restrictive eating, mm -hmm. and maintenance is still quasi restrictive because I'm thinking about everything and I'm planning everything, but the intention is not to gain or lose weight. The intention is to maintain my weight. Mm -hmm. And so I've broken up fat loss phases with these really long maintenance periods because I think with a diet or a standard diet or a traditional diet, you, you, you do something to the point where you hit your number, whatever that is. And then even if there's a little period where it changes slightly, it ends and then you just are kind of like left to figure out life. Right. And that's always failed for me because I don't figure out life well on mm. my own, like innately or, you know, biologically, I'm going to eat everything secretively. That's what I do. Yeah. So if I'm not planning it out. You got to have a plan. I have to. And when I've done stuff like increased exercise by a lot with the intention of losing weight, I've never then gone at the end of that cycle, well, now that I'm not doing this, how am I going to change my food? Because I was eating in a way that supported, that was built around this exercise too. So now I'm subtracting all this used energy out of it yeah, and not factoring in that it's going to affect the way my body reacts to food. Yeah, There's just all these little tricks that I don't think standard dieting or fad dieting addresses. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And man, I'm also thinking about the um, the way you can lie to yourself. Yeah. You know, um, even about like your appearance. I, I remember like in my worst photos or whatever, I go, I'll look at them and I'll be like, when I was that, I didn't see myself as that. Right. You know? Like, yeah. I lied to myself about the way I looked. I lied to myself about what I'm eating, whether it's good. And, you know, it's just, it's all like kind of delusion in your mind. Yeah. You know, it's just... I, I I do farmer carries sometimes. Mm -hmm. I've never even gotten to the point of what my weight was at my heaviest with farmer carries. I, I, I mean, I would have to carry uh, almost 300 pounds. In so I've, I've done 225 farmer carries with like a hex bar, but I've never really gone heavier than that. Yeah. And even that, just walking around, it's so shocking yeah. how difficult it is to move around. And this was just constant at yeah. one point. Um, that the fact that that happened over so long to get to that point and the fact that it takes so long to come off, it's, it just skews everything because 
it takes looking at old pictures to go like this is this was real yeah you know and see how fucking far you've come too yeah i can't always remember accurately I, be- I believe that how bad my feet hurt all the time and but i do remember stuff like sitting down in a chair at 500 pounds i was first like feeling it is this chair going to collapse cuz right. i don't want to be on my ass on the floor number one it's embarrassing number two i could hurt myself you know like there's things to think about at 500 pounds falling down i remember a guy that size in college in the student center yeah on a folding chair it going on him and you hear it it's like a gunshot yeah you know it's like the metal folding chair and he was a real big dude and you're like holy shit yeah yeah that chair just gave out i would if I was ever around somebody and they fell or their chair gave out, I would suddenly be like, people are now expecting it of me. Right. Like even being near in proximity to it would yeah. cause me to have this feeling of like, am I, they all expect me to be next. Right. Or they're like, you probably fucking did this. <laughs> right. You sat on that chair first. Ethan switched chairs, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's his Asshole. fault. Right. Um, do you mind if I look at old photos? No. No. No, I've gotten better at At, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, man, the reality is, I mean, unrecognizable. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. It's like, uh, I mean, I just don't, it's not like you're like, oh, yeah, you came down some. But you know, look, a lot of the pictures we're even looking at, that's not my heaviest. Remember the Titans was not my heaviest. What do you think you weigh there, or do you know? I'm probably close to 500 pounds there, but but I gained weight after that. Um, American History X still not my heaviest, but I mean, I'm 450 there at least. Was it a thrill to get a swastika tattooed on your shoulder, <laughs> bro? That picture, I had that picture on Instagram, and they pulled it down. Oh, really? Yeah, they said it was a uh, inciting violence. Oh, that makes something. sense. Yeah. It's very sensible. Yeah, yeah. Okay, not ridiculous. What a fucking stupid thing. God, I hate them. <laughs> it was shocking to me. Like, am I in trouble now? This I got, you know what they did to me? They, they reached out to me through my agent and they were like, hey, if, if he doesn't remove this post, we're going to delete the account. And I was like, what post is it? Somebody had, you know, the deep fake videos where they yeah. take like your, put my face on this like pimp's face who was like, I'm a, I'm a blast y'all, man. Like it was a ridiculous deep fake. And they're like, he's threatening violence and, for the guy going like this with his right. hand. And I was like, they're going to delete my account for this? A whole they're account. Like, they're like, yeah, because you're like this promoting killing someone. I'm like, this is insane. Okay, sure. Yeah. Here you go, man. Insane. Yeah. I mean, that is such a now. Cause this is something, you know, I can remember. Okay. I can remember. I know my weight from every year. Yeah. Essentially that I've been alive. I could tell you like what I weighed, how I felt, what was going on in my life. Like, you know, yeah. I remember being, I'm dating a girl in college. I'm dating her freshman year, which I think is probably the heaviest and most out of shape that I get is like summer after. Cause in high school, I was gaining weight all through high school, but you kind of could like carry it in a way because I'm playing sports all the time, playing football, basketball. And you're like, oh, I'm carrying, I should lose weight, but at yeah. least I'm super active. I go to college as a freshman in college. I'm not playing sports with the same weight. So I start to like, I gain a little weight, but the weight that I do have all starts to go on me too. It's like, I look worse, even though the number isn't like that much more. Now I'm a sophomore in college and I I think I'm, I think I'm the 
one of the biggest I've been. I, I mean, I'm like 255, but it, like, I'm not carrying it well. It's not, it looks bad and I feel bad. And I break up with the girl. So now I'm single. And I remember I was, I was like a weekend. We're driving around. Uh, my, I'm a passenger. And I can remember vividly being a passenger in this car. And it's like a lazy Sunday. We had gotten, I don't know, something to eat lunch. And I'm looking out the window. And when I look, come back in the car, I see myself in the side mirror. And, you know, you instinctively do something when you're standing and say in front of the mirror at home, which is like you kind of like position yourself to look better. Like you do it in like milliseconds. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is how I look. And I happened to stop and look. And I saw like how big my face was. And the next day I went to a gym in this town in North Carolina and I got a trainer and I was like, I can't believe I've been getting laid, but right. it's not going to happen again yeah. if I look like this. And she put me on a meal plan, a workout plan, and I dropped like 60 pounds over like a period of time. I, I don't know. It was like at that age, I'm like six, nine months or something like that. Yeah. I felt so much better, but I do clearly remember seeing myself in the side mirror and going like you have to do something yeah you know and like when you get to like five so like your absolute peak do you have a moment or is it more like a process my no it, there was a moment and the moment was there were two factors and one was i was seeing a girl who is now my wife we have four kids very happy yeah the story ended well um I'm seeing her and she likes to go on hikes. She likes to go to the beach. She, she lived in Paris for a period of her life right before I met her. And she liked to go there and walk around all day and look at stuff. And when you met her, are you like, you're super heavy when you meet her? Yeah. Well, I had met her when, when we were 16, I met her when we, when I started seeing her, yes, I was super heavy. So I'm seeing her. She is the first person who is not treating me like there's something to be real worried about. It was bizarre. She's loves me and is uh, the first girl who wasn't dating me because I was an actor. Right. For sure. Or that I wasn't paying for or something. You know, it was just uh, two people who enjoyed each other's company. Um, and I'm flying to... Uh, Romania to do a movie and and I was going to do a movie another movie that fell apart with Jim Caviezel he happens to be on the flight from LA to Frankfurt and he sit, he comes and sits next to me and he gives me this hours long talk about how I'm basically not living a moral life a moral life well I mean he didn't say moral but he, you know he's very religious and he was... Oh, yeah. He played JC, right? Yeah. And yeah. it was all kind of framed around emulating Christ. And I was very clearly not doing that. Fuck out of here, Jim. Listen, I couldn't relate to it in the terms he was using. But in fairness, he was a guy who was concerned about me. And yeah. he was expressing concern. And yeah. this was not something that happened commonly especially about my weight. My friends had had a number of interventions with me about drugs, but there wasn't a whole lot of like, I, I mean, they were talking amongst themselves, but nobody was sitting me down and going, what the fuck, dude, let's get you sorted out. He kind of had this conversation with me and it got me thinking like, I'm really happy in this relationship with this girl. 
where does it go with me in this state? There's, I can't do a lot of the things she wants to do. How long do I think I have a shot with her if I don't make some change? The, the first conversation I had with her about this was the most scary conversation I've ever had. It was almost as though I was telling somebody who didn't know, hey, I'm overweight. Right. I'm morbidly obese. You hadn't seen this, but I'm going to let you peek behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. It was complete and utter nonsense the way I was processing it because obviously she knows. Right. Um, and asking her for help in changing was like the hardest thing I've ever done because I felt like I was really, by doing that, I could lose her, especially if I blew it. If I didn't come through, I lose her for sure. And if I don't change, I lose her. So if I put my cards on the table and say like, I'm really... How long do you know her or have been dating her when you have this conversation? I'd known her for four or five years. Okay. I'd been dating her for six months. Okay. You know? And so, the, and, but you're dating for, her Maybe not months? that long. Four or five months. We weren't four real serious at this point. You weren't? No. But you are dating. Yeah. And you're 500 plus pounds. Yeah. She was totally fine with like uh, public displays of affection. It, it, it would mortify me because I didn't want people to think less of her because of me so i didn't want to even hold her hand in public like it was a lot of like cognitive dissonance in my head about like how do i you know pretty much any girl up until this point i didn't really care about in in deep terms i i I wanted attention from girls i wasn't going to get that because i i was attractive yeah i would get that because you know whatever I, I i was an actor or i i was witty or using other yeah. tools suddenly here's a girl who doesn't care about any of that just likes me and like i want to change for her but at the same time i don't want her to be tainted by associating with it. like it's a lot yeah. to process which is deep it's sad to hear yeah you know what i mean Sorry. um no, that's okay uh so when you tell her that you need help I'm assuming she responded really well. Yeah. Right. So, and then like starts going, well, we need to make, start with this. Like some, I said, I want to lose weight. I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. I'll do whatever you say. And I, I was in Romania for a couple of weeks at that point, And then I went back and like, as I landed, she had, she was like, here's what we're doing. You're doing this liquid diet where you just drink protein shakes and take all this fiber and vitamins and shit. And uh, am I allowed to swear? Fuck yeah. Okay, good. Um, and so I did that for two months and lost 80 pounds. Oh. Yeah, it was great. That's a lot of weight to yeah. just drop in, in two months. Yeah. So you're obviously feeling like this is the right direction to head in. That was the right direction to head in. And you can't, I mean, I guess you can, but I was going back to work after this two-month stint and, you know, being at at like four or five hundred calories a day like every time you stand up every time i stood up i was blacking out like not to the point of collapsing but like my vision would go yeah. dark and come back it wasn't uh, enough to like go and work and do 14 hour days on a movie and so the 
the backup to that was kind of like, I think at the time it was a blood type diet where it was like, what blood type are you? Okay, here's all the food you're allowed mm-hmm. to eat. Eat in moderation. And I continued to lose weight doing that. Um, but it cut out like basically bread and pasta and rice and all the stuff that you think about with like paleo or keto type diets. Yeah. It was like a modified version of that. So I continued losing weight doing that. And then I just kind of, you know, I, I, I never was above 400 pounds from that point on. Like once I got from 550 to under 400, I never was above 400 pounds. So that like that chunk of weight I successfully lost and never put back on. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And uh, I read that you got really into cycling. Yeah. So at what weight? Because I think of like cycling, I'm like, man, those are usually like really lean guys. Yeah. And, you know, you can, if you're not a uh, like experienced cyclist, you can ride a bike casually up a slight incline. You're like, this is impossible. Yeah. You know, but like, did you do, did you start it when you were heavy? I started when I was heavy. Um, I went in 2011 and rode most of the stages of the tour de france all the mountain stages what yeah i i I was like i was like a real but how did you get to that you were just natural at it after my name is earl i think i started my name is earl shout out to greg garcia yeah greg garcia is the best he's the best i was around 300 pounds and by the time we were finished i was around 400 pounds this is okay from filming the show yeah okay i just like you know, four or five years of like, you know, you're on set. I wasn't really focused on anything. Mm-hmm. I was trying to eat keto-ish, but I was right. eating way too much. Um, and when it ended, I had this moment of like, God, I'm rich. I could do whatever I want. I'm going to go ride a bike. And I started riding a bike. And for two years, I basically just rode a bike eight hours a day, six days a week. That's what? all I did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I got down to 215. There's a, if you look at my um, Wikipedia, I believe the picture in there is from me at that Miletus. Era, that yeah. time. Let's see. Let's see. This is um, cycling, Ethan. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. I was, I was properly thin then. Wow. Yeah. But. And what, what, oh, that's what year? Oh, that's 2011. Yeah. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Spandex and everything. I didn't, I had, there were a few instances where dudes um, followed me on my bike and took pictures of me. And, and then the stories were all like, look at his loose skin from weight loss. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And it, and I just kind of, kind of was like, well, fuck you. I'm not going to talk about this then. Like, yeah, it's not something that I want. Like if that's what you can't celebrate the, uh, right. The fact that I've lost hundreds of pounds is no good. Loose skin is the, is the thing we're going to highlight here. It's just, that's all of that is just everybody going like, now I feel better. Right. You know? Yeah. I got to pick up. He's still fucked up. Right. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. But now you're fucking jacked, dude. Like, I mean, these arms are insane, man. I went from that. I I wasn't really happy being thin like that. I, I felt, um, I didn't feel powerful. I felt very like frail almost. Yeah. I had strong legs. I could deadlift a lot back then, but I, but I just felt weak. Um, and I also was starving myself while I rode a bike. It was not, it was all still extreme. I kind of gave up on being thin to ride a bike around 2012 mm-hmm. and started lifting weights and from 2014 to 2000 
16, I lifted weights and ate everything in sight and got close to 400 pounds again. Really? But I was in the gym every day lifting weights. Wow. And then I'm assuming you got way stronger in that period. Yeah. Because like this is not, I mean, this is not a, a fucking six months of lifting here. No, no. I've been lifting weights for years. Yeah. Uh, I just had no, I didn't know how to do that in a, in a rational way. Right. Um, so I've been doing cuts like the way bodybuilders do cuts, uh-huh. um, trying to preserve as much muscle as I can. I haven't actually built muscle in a few years. Now, do you have the thing where, because I, I think it was also one of those shows that I watched one time where the guy, the trainer, it was like trainer had befriended a really big guy, yeah, like a 500 pound guy and started, um, you know, got him to go on walks, right? drinking water, a lot more water, just kind of like baby steps into it. And at one point, I remember on the show, he goes, uh, just sit on the couch here, now stand up. And the guy does it, and he's like, dude, you're you're squatting 500 pounds right now. Right. You know, like, I mean, I knew what he meant. You yeah. Know? And he's like, he's like, oh, yeah. So he's like, you know, your legs are like fucking tree trunks, you know? I yeah. Mean, there must have been some of that, right? Like, you have yeah, some yeah. foundation, because you're carrying all that weight well that that was this was the other kind of most recent evolution was when at that picture you saw from 2011 i never had abs and i was so thin and i was killing myself exercising every day and not eating and and it's something like you know you sound like you grew up like a fit guy i i was fat my whole life like the the pinnacle for me has always been abs yeah and to, I've never seen abs on myself. Really? No. Well, never. I was very low body fat there doing insane amounts of cardio, riding my bike hundreds of miles a week. Yeah. Very lean, still no abs. Dude. And it, it was a bummer. Yeah. And so, you know, in 2016, when I start, when I was like, I'm not fucking, I don't want to be fat anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, I wanted to preserve as much muscle as possible and concentrate on fat loss. And so it took me a couple of years to get abs, but I got them. The, pull up his Instagram, if you don't mind. Um, dude. I mean, there's a lot of loose skin. It's, yeah, but still, man, look at that fucking picture of you. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I could see, I could see your abs. Yeah. There's a there's the better one. That was my my wife made me post that because she said I didn't look angry. But yeah, the side by side is actually a different po- picture. She said you didn't look angry. That one is actually different. Like you see the striations in my leg, uh-huh. but she's like, you look angry. And I think there's better definition in my abs than that you one on the too. Left there. Yeah, that's my heaviest. That's five fifty. And when you see that, do do you go like? Do, I mean, is it like what we were talking? Do, do you go like the fuck did I? I, it's, you know, that's twenty years ago. And I have not been in that state for so long. That's like looking at a different person, honestly. Really I, I don't know. I don't. I was also a drug addict at the time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I can't remember that day. Um, oh, right. Because heroin. I was doing a lot of drugs. And uh, that's before rehab, before getting sober. And I cannot relate to that guy at all. Yeah. At this point. That's a good life. thing. Yeah. I know what you mean, by the way, about, because um, I remember when I got down, the lowest I got down to as an adult 
like adult weight is 185. Right. And I remember I was like, man, you know, especially in hindsight and when you get out of that weight, you realize how differently you get treated in all types of things. Yeah. Women treated me differently. Uh, certainly were nicer to me. Yeah. Um, guys, like, I feel like some dudes, um, like things that I wasn't used to experiencing in my experience, like a guy being like, what do you look at? Like at a bar and you're like, what? Yeah. And you're like, that's never happened to me when I was 230. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like a guy kind of being like. Alf, you're alfing yeah. each other out. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait, what's happening? Like this never happened before. And then I can always tell that my, one of my tells of like I'm gaining weight if I've lost weight is when someone starts saying things like big fella, like, Hey, right. Hey, big guy. And I'm like, what fucking, what did I do? Yeah. And I'm like, Oh shit. I gained like fucking 30 pounds or something. Yeah. It just, it's like the little things. And as soon as somebody starts calling me big guy or big fella or asks me what to get on the menu, I'm like, shit, I need to go for a fucking run Yeah. because people are treating me differently. But both ends of it are very notable. I noticed that like what you're saying, like when you feel like you've been lifting and there's like a certain, I don't know, confidence that comes with that. Yeah. I, I think it's not just muscular. I think it's hormonal too. I think yeah. all of that stuff plays a part in it. I feel so much better at the weight I am now than I did at 215. Um, I, because I think I'm, I'm eating a hell of a lot more. Yeah. I'm happier in the size that I am. What was like, just to like kind of get a summary of it. You go back. I mean, I don't care if you're talking to me at 455, 550. What was like a day like then? Um, a, a day then, typically I would wake up and kind of be like, I, you know, a, a little moment of like I didn't die in my sleep. Jesus. There was that upon waking. I would have to sleep um, almost sitting up because I couldn't breathe if I was laying on my back. Oof. And you had a CPAP then or no? I did at some point, I think after rehab, I had, I had a CPAP, um, but not before rehab. And so I had drugs and obesity or morbid obesity that were both like just hindering my ability to breathe. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even like I'd fall asleep and stop breathing. I'd lay down and noticeably the weight on my chest, I couldn't breathe. So I'd That's have to sleep sitting crazy. up. Yeah. Um, and then everything was just slow. Uh, I, I, I've, I still, um, give myself a, a hell of a lot of extra time for anything that has like a, a time deadline, like getting to an airport or going to work. Um, I can't be rushed. It stresses me out to right. no end. And you, and you especially can't be rushed when you're way heavier. Well, I, and I think it comes from that. Um, it, one of the biggest fights my wife and I have ever had, we were, we had a place in Florida and we're driving to the airport to come back here and we're in Florida, just in Tampa. Okay. And, and we're, we're heading there and there's a big mall and, sh and, and I'm like always a little stressed out about being late for stuff, mm -hmm. but it, it all comes back to the fact that if I rush, I'm going to be pouring sweat mm -hmm. and, uh, out of breath and, uh, and, you know, shaky from the fact that I've exerted myself so hard. So I, I don't rush. So I need extra time. So she pulls off the freeway and I'd lost weight at this point. Not, not a lot, but I'd been losing weight and she starts going into this mall and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, we have so much time. And I had to explain to her, this is not, I can't, 
I can't do that. And she's like, you're fine. You can rush now. Look at you. You've made a huge change. It's okay. But there's something about this idea of rushing that stresses me out mm -hmm. so much. Um, and I think it all comes back to the point where I'm at that weight, you know, rushing would have been a, a massive cardio feat that could have led to a heart attack or just total exhaustion and an inability to perform and even injury like you know <laughs> right. what i mean like you're rushing and you're 500 i mean like you trip you fall like yeah anything could happen that you know because you felt rushed maybe you're com but i get the anxiety of that yeah completely completely um yeah it's like man it's uh god it's there's there's all those things not being able to sleep. And I didn't even answer your question. What did a day look like? Oh, I, you know, if I had drugs, it would be making sure I had drugs for the next day. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have drugs, it would be making sure I got drugs for that day. And basically it would be either going to work and being high all day. And then on my way home, stopping somewhere and, and eating crazy, eating crazy, like six burgers and shit like that. Yeah. And, and you would, so you would, you would work, like you, there's movies and shows, you're high during that. The whole time, yeah. Wow. And how did that, like, because that's one of the things you hear, um, how does that not, because you're a fucking phenomenal actor. Thank you. And I mean, you you kill it. I mean, you you really are a great actor. Do you, I guess, I mean, it didn't hinder the performances because you're like, oh, these are great performances. I've not watched them um but I imagine if I watched the movies that I was in while I was using drugs, I would be able to see it. You, yeah, you would know. Yeah. That's one of those things where, and then maybe you'd be like, this could have been better. Yeah. If I, but I mean, I, I mean, I, I, there's so many angles on this could have been better though. Yeah. So many aspects for that. that sure. I, I, you know, it would make me so, I, I mean, even my name is Earl. I've caught my kids watching that and I was, you know, they were, they were alive. They were babies at the time. Yeah. Um, and it makes me uncomfortable. And that's at a point where I had lost weight. I'm in a relationship. I'm sober. Like everything's great. And it still makes me uncomfortable that they're watching it. Really? Yeah. Like, what does that have to be on for? What's like, so now like the other, no one's a baby anymore. Yeah. Does, um, does food and you know, your journey, is that like a, a, like a big thing that's talked about? Cause I imagine that like, you know, I mean, like I think about my own parents, and you know, you see pictures and you ask questions, you start talking about what your life was with you. It's like, it's a pretty dramatic thing for yeah. your kid to see like, that was you dad, Jesus Christ. There was a ton for me as a kid that was off limits. Uh, there was never alcohol in my parents' house. Um, drugs were super taboo. And I was basically put on a restrictive diet at five. And so, whether that all backfired on my parents and I became the way I am and my compulsions and my addictions were formed because it was restrictive or that I was unable to talk to them about helping me undo these compulsions because the restrictions were so authoritative that I was scared I'd get in trouble if it was discovered that I wasn't sticking to their rules. I've tried really to be... Um, lenient with the demands I place on my kids mm -hmm. and in the house and what they eat and drugs. And there's always been alcohol in our house. My wife drinks. Um, 
you know, listen, I haven't had this happen. I have had it happen with, uh, some of the lightweight drugs, but never with something like if a kid came to me and said, like, I really want to try heroin. I haven't really investigated how I'd react to that. I don't think I'd react well, but with stuff like, uh, pot or mushrooms, it's, and, and I have kids in college, so I'm not talking about little kids here. Um, but I have to really take a, a temperate attitude with how I'm reacting to it and go like, what's true for me is not true for everyone else. So the way I experienced and used those things, it's not necessarily going to be the way they do. And if I put hard boundaries on anything, I'm just too scared that it's going to react in the opposite so you're way. you're really careful with boundaries. I really, I want to be able to communicate about everything. I want to, I want them to not feel like they're going to get in trouble for communicating about stuff or like revealing stuff that they think we're not going to like. Um, and with rules like that, basically, yeah, in our house, like if you are upfront with us and, and do it in our house, like you're not going to get in trouble. That's very, yeah, I think that's probably a much more. It's just not the way I was raised and I, and I feel like, the rules i didn't react well to them yeah yeah um is it a thing for you by the way now i mean i imagine that it is that or at least from when you started to let's say lose notable weight um that you have to like kind of reconnect with your agents and be like hey just <laughs> yeah. so you know yeah i for sure i'm a couple hundred pounds less yeah and, and uh you know the the fat guy role doesn't work for me anymore yeah yeah i mean it feels good i'm sure to make that call right and you know um there was a period where after my name is earl i did a bunch of pilots and none of them got picked up and i kind of was like at a point where i got thin and was getting some negative feedback about being thin but i was like legit thin i don't think of myself as thin now even though i'm lean mm -hmm. i'm still a large guy mm -hmm. Um, and then I made a decision like, well, I'm going to gain weight again and got up almost to 400 pounds again and did a TV show, um, that I'd, I wouldn't have done had I been thin. And at the end of that, I kind of was like, I'm not, it's not worth it. So if I, if I have no acting career because I'm not fat, that's a fair trade to, um, having to be fat or overweight. Yeah. I, I just am happier with how i am now so you know i have a movie coming out at the end of this year i did uh, at the end of last year which is cool and i played an ex-military dude which i'd never done anything like that before so that's fun but isn't that that's got to be a thrill yeah totally playing these parts that like before you would have looked at me like that'd be cool to play but yeah i can't with channing tatum we're both ex-military dudes and it's like this is Th that to me, if you'd said that to me Potty 10 years alert. ago, yeah, yes. I would, it would have been like, no way. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. If I never work again, because I'm not fat, it's a fair trade for me. Yeah. That is, that's, I think the right mentality to have. Yeah. Which was not my mentality 10 years ago. Right. Now, what is like, let's, you know, the typical day now for you? Like what's the average day, like food and, and exercise wise i meal prep uh -huh. so no matter what i'm doing if i'm if i'm maintaining or i'm cutting i tend to make food from sunday night through wednesday every week so I, i'm not really thinking about what i'm eating it's all I'm, it's all made it's ready to go 
Um, and I'm in the gym at least an hour every day. And I've been working too, doing a video game. I'll go to the gym before or after work, no matter what, just because it doesn't, it doesn't exhaust me. But what's like your food consumption like in a day? Like what's a typical, a typical breakfast, m- lunch, dinner, whatever, however you want to break it down. If I'm going to the gym first thing in the morning, I have whey protein and water mm-hmm. before I work out. And then my meals are a lean protein, a carbohydrate, and some veggies. And the protein can be anything. Uh, steak, fish, chicken. Uh, the carbohydrates, typically rice or potatoes. And the veggies are whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And that I'll eat four of those meals a day, and then I'll have way uh, sorry casein protein before I go to bed. Casein protein? I don't even know what that is. It's it's uh, it's just a different type of protein. It takes you longer to digest it. So like as you're sleeping, you're it's, digesting it slowly. And you're drinking a ton of water too. A ton of water, yeah. Um, do you find because something just popped into my head too that I remember um, when I was at the heaviest I'd been, I had in my mind the number I needed to get to. Yeah. And uh, I remember getting to it and being like, this is not what I wanted to be at. Yeah. And it's why I try to not fix it. Because whenever you start talking about numbers, especially like on, like numbers you're trying to get to, everybody has an opinion. Right. And you're like, wait, why are you telling me this? Right. You know? So like, I remember at the time, I, I had in my mind that the perfect weight was 225. <laughs> right. Because... I had seen, I think, so many uh, football players. And, the, and that's and just like, an average. I'm like, so I'll just look like that guy. Yeah. Like that linebacker for the fucking Chiefs is 225. Yeah. So that's what I should weigh. And then I got down to 225. I'm like, this looks like shit on me. <laughs> right. So then I went to 215. And so I, you know, you start, t- I start telling people weights and then it's all their opinions, which I'm like, I don't fucking want to hear it. This just happened to me. So I got injured December 1st. I'm down. 25 pounds and I was like FaceTiming with my family back home and my sister was like oh you look good you know I was like yeah you know I've lost this weight I'm gonna try to lose and I say don't do that (laughs) and I go I'm sorry she's like don't do that I'm like what should I do 10 more that's it and I'm like why right and she's like you'll look sick weird (laughs) right you don't look good like that you're big so just carry more weight I'm like well I'll clear it with you when I get there so I guess you know, you tell me what to weigh then. I've never once looked at myself and thought, this is what I want it to look like. It's never happened. Yeah. So, and and the numbers became super irrelevant a long time ago. Um, and as far as like the metrics on weight loss go, one of the things with keto, which I did for years, mm-hmm. that I don't think a lot of people understand is that when you take out carbohydrates... A lot of what you're losing initially is just water. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's not fat. That's just liquid stored in your muscles. That's what carbohydrates do is they allow you to hold on and fill your muscles with liquid. Mm-hmm. So you remove that and you're suddenly going to drop that. That's not, you're not losing fat necessarily. So... I could eat a bunch of salt today, drink a bunch of water, and have a 10-pound swing, no problem, Yeah, on the scale. That's not fat. So I'm really hyper-concentrating now on retaining muscle and just losing fat when I lose weight. Mm-hmm. And not, you know, the, the other thing that I 
didn't factor in through all of my extreme dieting is when you get into a deep, deep caloric deficit, you're over a long period of time, you're going to be eating up muscle too. Yeah. And so I wound up at 215 with no abs and no upper body muscle because my body ate it all because I wasn't using them. Right. You know, I was just riding a bike. So I had big legs and zero upper body muscle. And I was like miserable about how I looked. Really? Miserable. I mean, I I looked frail. I was still, you know, I was 215. That's a pretty big guy. Sure. But I, you know, everything was bony and I was just not happy with it at all. Do you weigh yourself now? All the time. All the time. I mean, three times a week. And then do you have that, I don't know, uh, you know, range that you allow yourself to stay in? I'm looking at trends though i'm i'm marking it down and looking at like what is my what do my fluctuations look like over a month so if i'm doing maintenance and i'm going up three or four down four or five whatever in any direction that's a swing that's completely fine but if i consistent if i go up three or four and then up three or four and then up three or four i gotta readjust what i'm doing yeah that's that's kind of how I use it. But you're super dialed into it now. I mean, yeah. It seems like like we were talking about like priority, right? Yeah. Like if you have a priority. I think the thing too about, you know, I mean, I, I guess it's obvious, but it it does like your story and what you've done, I think really makes people go like, oh, this is achievable. This is doable. Yeah. If a guy could get down from 500 plus pounds, that means if you're 500 plus pounds, you can do it. But also if you're not, like, I, I think it's really, you know, it's, it's super inspiring. Man. There's nothing special about m- me at all. And by the way, I could have done it a hell of a lot faster if I knew today, if, I, if what I knew today, I knew 20 years ago, mm-hmm. it would have been something that I, that was a, a very easy progression that I then figured out. I've maintained this for a long time, but only really for the last four or five years. Yeah. Um, there is nothing special about me other than I've tried a shitload You've of diets. I failed at all this stuff, and I wasn't afraid to, to do it again. It meant something to me. The other real big problem I find with our diet culture is like this kind of somebody, I find that a lot of people are either trying to sell us something or making some kind of a moral decision on our behalfs and mm-hmm. telling us this is the diet that across the board is the way to eat. Whether it's like veganism or carnivore or keto or lectins are bad or this thing is bad, that's not going to be true for everyone. So figuring out what you can do long term has been really, really beneficial to me too. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Figuring out how to do it. I mean, I mean, again, looking at the idea of what a lifestyle change is from a different angle, the diet is a very temporary thing. How am I going to exist beyond the diet is what I'm way more concentrated on now for the first time, you know, over the last few years, that's been what my sights have been set on. Do you have like, I don't know, a way to summarize how to exist outside of the diet? Like, what is it for you? My suggestion would be, you know, and it's not, this is nothing, not what I would suggest for somebody who's got five pounds to lose or 10 pounds to lose. But if you've got massive, if you're confronting massive weight loss, don't do it in one shot. 
take a lot of diet breaks and in those breaks make the the maintenance period as important as the diet period is your body when it's dieting is under a lot of stress your hormones get out of whack you're starving it everything in your body wants to fight against starving starving will kill you faster than being overweight so don't don't expect it to happen overnight take your time plan on it taking double the time and then like building a house imagine that it's going to even take two-thirds more than that yep and take a lot of breaks and in those breaks really figure out how you're going to live in this new thing because when you're eating enough to maintain your weight all of your hormones come back your the fatigue from from stressing your body out from dieting dissipates losing fat is much easier when you're fresh to the diet so in the long term it actually turns out to be a lot easier with breaks mm-hmm. than it is doing it in just a straight line by the way if you start at 500 and you go down to 200 your calories keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller you know if you do one of these diets where it's like everybody eats 600 calories a day the amount of fat you're going to burn at the towards the end of that diet versus what you were burning it's going to be much less your body's going to become more efficient at yeah. using those 600 calories there's all kinds of processes that your body does to mitigate the effects of dieting mm-hmm. um this might not be true for a lean person who's looking to lose a couple of pounds and is going to do it over the course of a week but we're talking about like somebody who's got hundreds of pounds of fat to lose yeah the amount of stress on your lean tissue over that period of time um, I remember doing keto for for a year, and I, I like to gauge my body fat through DEXA scans because I find it to be the most accurate. And I was losing 40% muscle. For every 10 pounds of fat or every 10 pounds of mass, four of them would be muscle. And I'm going like, how am I ever going to have abs yeah. if I'm consuming muscle? It's just, yeah. we're going to, I'm going to look the same and what just What was the shrink. answer to that? How could you do that? I needed to increase my protein and work out in a different, a little bit of a different way than I was working out. Okay, but I needed to massively in- increase my protein. If 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 you're, you know, the other thing is like really thinking or figuring out what your goal is. If my wife is like, I'm one size up from this dress that I want to wear to a party, and I I only give a shit about it for this weekend, then her diet to get to that weight or that size for this weekend is completely different than my lifestyle. For sure. You know, if she wants to get to that size and maintain it, that's a different conversation. But like, what are your goals? My goal was a six pack. Now my goal is obliques. These are arbitrary goals that just keep me on this hamster wheel of staying accountable to myself. Right, which you need. I do. You need to have that. Yeah. Do you remember, I remember this when, um, so like I said, the first time that I, dropped weight i was a sophomore i was like 20 years old i think and i remember that when i finally got done with it someone had said and i had read that most people that lose like 50 or more pounds uh gain it back in a year yeah and like that was the amount of time they're like it's like i forget that there, there was some stat right like two percent of people keep it off more than a year so i was like man i gotta hit this year mark yeah and then i hit the year and then it came. And i was like i guess i'm good yeah and then i, I kept it off for like I probably kept the majority of it off like three years. Yeah. And I really did think I was like, well, that's in the past. <laughs> I'm fixed. Yeah. And then I remember that I started like, cause it's funny how you start putting together, like, how did it come back? And I started working uh post-production, the graveyard shift. 
right. overnight. So you go into work at 7 p.m. Yeah. and get off at 7 a.m. I remember just being like, I don't know, six months into that or something and not being able to close pants. Yeah. I was like, what? And like, how did this happen? How did this happen? Yeah. And you start going like, well, I am eating all night. Right. And just sitting around. And sitting yeah. in a post bay. Everything is against us right yeah. now. Our bodies evolved over. I'm sorry for the creationists out there listening to this, but our bodies evolved over, over the last 6,000 years. Right. Yes. To be super active. And for the most part, we were spent a lot of our time tracking down food. That was all we did. And now there's no scarcity, at least here in America. Right. It's every time we go to get gas, you can get 2000 calories for three bucks. Yeah. And eat for a family of six. And it's not going to put a dent in your wallet. Yeah. Um, it's everywhere you turn, you know, I, I haven't watched a uh, network television in a while. I turned it on in a hotel not long ago and it was all medicine and food. Yeah. Everything medicine and food that like we have perfected medicine and food. Yeah. And nobody's active. There's no, I mean, other, you see what construction workers go to work with giant coolers. And I'm like, yeah, that dude's going to be physically working all day all day and he's still eating too much yes you know what i mean like you can't the- well, when you think about it because i i would have this problem um one of the, like one of the heaviest i was in the last 10 years it's like 2015 and i was working out like a lunatic with this trainer yeah and you know it was hour and 80 minute workouts but what i would do is like i would just i would work out to exhaustion yeah and then be like i can eat anything (laughs) right and the one thing that i i struggle with for sure is with portions yeah like uh, portions you know and and i actually you know i have to be reminded of it sometimes but like when i was in the hospital the the reason that like it became it was in my mind so much is like at first they're urging you to eat because you're not because you're like you're in pain and you're like you're on painkillers and you're like i don't want to eat and they're like well can you eat something you take like a couple bites after a few days of that, you're like, man, I am eating way too much. <laughs> like, you know, because then like... The, I'm not doing it. I'm just yeah, sitting here. Yeah, it's like, but like the fifth day, you know, I was actually eating so little that it was... I was telling myself, you normally eat way too much. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, in real life. In real life. Because yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm actually having like, like normal meals in these places and I'm like not even finishing them. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is what a normal person eats. Yeah. I'm eating like three times this amount. And I don't need to. Right. But you kind of have to like have the experience or the remind I do the reminder of like, you don't need that much food. And and that again, I, I hate to s- try to sell this so hard and, and, and it's nothing that I own. So it's not really selling it to you. But the idea of maintenance, all of the what I consider, because I think about people in terms of normal and, and like myself, mm-hmm. abnormal, especially with regard to drugs and alcohol and food. Um and the normal people, I just think like, he just will stop. Yeah. You know, my wife will go out to dinner, she'll get a glass of wine and oftentimes will leave and there will be half a glass of wine still in the mm-hmm. thing. And it makes me anxious. Like, how are you not finishing that? Mm-hmm. You have to finish your wine. Yeah. Um, kids leaving food on plates. I'm like, are you not compelled to just have a clean plate? Whatever. Consume everything. Yeah. Um, Whatever biological processes are there to stop a quote-unquote normal person, 
I trampled on as yeah. a kid. I destroyed because I would eat in secret, hiding it from my parents and do it as fast as possible and mm -hmm. get as much in as possible and then go like, hey, I haven't eaten anything. Um, so when I'm doing maintenance, I'm measuring, I mean, today I don't have to measure it as diligently. I can eyeball a cup of rice. Because you know it now. Yeah, I can yeah. eyeball eight ounces of chicken. Um, but in the beginning, learning this, I'm really taking the time to make a meal. Then I'm sitting there and eating it and, and not watching TV because I can eat a hell of a lot more mindlessly while watching TV. Sure. What does my body feel when I'm done eating this meal? What is, is there a signal there if it's really faint because I've destroyed it over the years? Mm -hmm. Is there anything where I'm going like, that's enough? Mm -hmm. And it's still something I got to talk myself through. Yeah. Uh, but you know, these normies really have it made, man. You know, <laughs> dude, the normies got, I re dude, I can tell you so many times where like, I'll look back and I'll go, man, I, I would just, all my food consumption was like, especially meals were to the point of uh, like, no, there's no room left. And yeah. then I'd be like, I'm physically uncomfortable. It kind of hurts. Like, well, that's when the meal, that's it. That's my body saying yeah. I've had enough. And walking back to the hotel, I, like trying to breathe dude one time i was in cleveland and there was an amazing restaurant there that um closed last year i think the greenhouse tavern i would tell people like, you got to go it's like a foodie restaurant right was and they'd have you know like you could tell it was like star chef kind of stuff really right. creative cuisine yeah i went there uh one time i had a show and i was like you got to get me over there before they close man they got me there just in time and they would always have different things on the menu because they're farm to table right. seasonal stuff so i i get this this that and i go is there anything else and the guy goes oh you got to try the uh the pig and i go oh okay throw that on there too then dude do you know what he brings out half a fucking pig <laughs> right half a pig and and it's supposed to be you can tell by the way it's presented this is for like six people to share because there's like six buns right. so that you're supposed to like chop up this meat and make and a sandwich. And it's just for you. It's just for me. Yeah. So I have like the appetizer, something else. And the pig. pig comes out, which, and I can't finish. I mean, it is an, an unbelievable amount of food. I've already eaten. Then he brings something else. I walk out of there and the hotel is right there. And I go, I'm going to, I think my stomach lining is tearing right now. <laughs> right. I go, I'm going to be fucking sick. So, and I'm, I'm big at this point. I don't remember what I weigh, but I was like, oh my God. So I walk in the hotel and I go to the hotel gym and I go, I can't, if I go to my room, I'm gonna lay down, I'm gonna fucking puke. Yeah. So I get on the treadmill and just walk. I mean like dress clothes, right. I'm just walking and I FaceTime my wife. She's like, what are you, are you at the gym? And I was like, I'll puke if I don't stay here a while. Yeah. And I walked in the hotel treadmill for like 45 minutes, just trying to digest food. Yeah. And I knew it was like way, obviously way too much, but that wasn't that unfamiliar of a feeling yeah. of like, just, you know, just keep eating, man. Like the, mindless eating. This is my, I, I don't really mess with cheat meals much at all. Uh -huh. And, you know, when I did, the first time this idea like came to me in a diet book, I think it was Tim Ferriss's diet book. And it said like, you, you eat this way and then you get a cheat day. Mm -hmm. Dude, I was just my version of cheating is not what Tim Ferriss's version of cheating is. Yeah. You know, my version of cheating is like a day at a buffet where all I do is eat. Yeah. And I'm poisoning myself yeah. with food. And so 
I, yeah, my fantasies of like Christmas, what is Christmas? What does that meal mean to me? It's not the food I'm going to eat. It's the amount that I'm kind of titillated by, you know, tantalizing this, this idea of eating to the point of intoxication. Yeah. And then you like, there's a point where I just, I remember I go, like you ever have go to like almost like tapas style places or like the bazaar where like his, his, one of his theories, I guess, is that these amazing tastes are best in small doses. Yeah. And you have, sometimes you have it, right? This, a bite of something. And you're like, that's amazing. And they're like, well, that's done. Here's the, and since they're providing it, you go, oh yeah, like the, the fulfillment, the thrill actually is there in the bite. Right. Right. And then they're moving you on to some other small taste of something. And you're like, yeah, but without somebody breaking it down like that, I would just, well, well give me a hundred of those, I guess. And I I'll know. eat them. Yeah. To the point where they don't taste good. I mean, meat is a great example because I mean, I've taken pride in taking down steaks that are enormous. Yeah. Now I don't even really have the tolerance to. Like I I actually can't consume what I once could consume as far as red meat. Yeah. But I don't even want to. But I think back and I'm like, man, I would just be like, well, this is a 32 ounce pour. I gotta clean no this problem. Up. And yeah. like the last bites I'm like <sighs> like just doesn't you know, taste good anymore. No, You're and I feel sick yeah. eating it. And I'm like, well you know, but I had to eat it because yeah. it's there. Right. No. Yeah. It's very difficult for me to leave food on a plate. Yeah. This is not an easy thing. This is something I have to convince myself. Which to is do. like why that prep you do is so important. Like yeah. you're laying out, this is the food to eat. And by the way, there, I go like, I try to take it back to the earliest point of potential failure. Um, if I go to a grocery store while I'm hungry, I'll make a bad decision. Oh yeah. So I, I you know. If I go to cook while I'm hungry, suddenly I'm not measuring the oil as diligently. Suddenly I'm seasoning it with a lot more salt than I'm supposed to have. Like salt is not such an issue because it's not going to actually produce fat gain, but it will, it is, you know, if I've made a rule, I don't want to break the rule. Mm -hmm. So what are my potentials for breaking the rule are entering into things when I'm at a point where I'm not thinking clearly and hunger makes me not think clearly. Oh, I so identify with that. Oh, tons of. All bad decisions, uh, food-wise, happen to me when hungry. Yeah. All of them. I mean, the worst is if you're like, hey, I'm hungry, and you go, you pick up lunch or dinner. I'll come back, and you'll be like, are there 13 people coming over? <laughs> right. Because I'll, I'll just be like, I, I thought you, we'd each have six of these or something. You know? Like, yeah. I just, I can't. Once I'm hungry, I just feel like I have to. And even like, you know, ordering on an app. You know, like, oh, yeah, it's so be like, dangerous. Oh, let's get all these. Yeah. And then they come. Well, to the house. we're just going to try them. And then yeah. you wind up eating a lot yeah, more yeah. than a try. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 Th- these are all the things that I, I, I've been thinking about deeply. Um, and, you know, if, if the reality is there's nothing special about me, but I have been working at this for a long time. So if the, if the idea that, um, that you don't even have as much as me or you have more than me. I also was dealing with drug addiction. Yeah. Like there's anybody can do it. It it's it's slightly more complicated I think than demonizing a food or a food group and saying, you know, unless you have autoimmune and you're legitimately allergic, but I think the propensity to uh say that the the onus of responsibility is on the food 
is prevalent in diet culture. Yes. And I don't think that's true. And I think it's fair. It's not. It's also like kind of pushing the responsibility off of yourself. Yeah. It's like there's already so much of that in society yeah. where it's like nothing's your fault. Right. Your life isn't your fault. The decisions you make aren't your fault. When it's like, yeah, they, those, you're responsible. For At the end do. of the day, w- yeah. we all have to be. We all have to be responsible for yeah. what we decide to do, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Jesus. I, I don't know. I, I, I know you, you're saying you're not special. I think you're special because I don't know anybody like you. So, I mean, that's, it's remarkable what you've done, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's really incredible. I find it inspiring. I mean, I look at your page and I'll be like, man, I, I got to go down to the gym and work out right now. You know, I'll I'll think about what I'm eating that day just from looking at your page, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I find it. And And I bet you a lot of people feel that way. That, that is truly, you know, I feel like it's a little bit of a cheat, but I do use that to keep myself accountable to some degree sure i I do and talking about it it's It's, all very helpful to me it's one of the things i mean this sounds like narcissistic but like as soon as you know you lose like for me i lose some weight like i have recently yeah and people start noticing i don't want that to go away yeah it's in right it's like it's a little thing but it's like people notice so that's a good thing i try to take that reinforcement and i go don't fuck this up yeah you know like try to keep going in the right direction so i totally get that that like there's that little bit of you know applause for it and you're like well then keep going yeah but you're i think dude i'm i'm certain there's a lot of people following you that feel that way a lot yeah 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 people i i I have gotten i mean by the way I, i don't know if it's the difference between twitter and instagram and 2020 and 2012 but the 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 difference in just people going like, hey, you look great now. I also do feel better than I looked when I was very thin and not muscular you feel and better starving now. myself. Yeah. Yes, I'm very much happier with how I look and willing to talk about it. I wasn't when it was like, let's just look at your loose skin. Every picture I have where I'm basically naked, uh, you can see loose skin. Yeah. If that's what you want to concentrate on, that's fine. But yeah. I think there's a bigger story there. Of course there's a bigger story there. But I mean, people are always, I mean, you know, any photo of anyone it could be like a model and people are like look at her fucking eyebrow and you're like what? <laughs> right. supermodel yeah what do you want her to fucking chop her eyebrows off yeah it's 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 ridiculous man how challenging is it to go to um on set now as like you really have to prepare to go to a production and be on set some you know you're in atlanta vancouver or whatever for yeah however I, long i've spent a lot of time in louisiana mm-hmm. in 19 um and I spent a lot of time at Whole Foods. Yeah, and and I just I haven't I haven't eaten set food in a, in a, in many. You years. take you're like I'm gonna I'm not gonna rely on that. Yeah. Well, I mean you that's smart. You have to right. Yeah, and I always have protein powder or you know some kind of beef jerky that's not covered in sugar and nitrates or mm-hmm. or something like that or even um, pure protein protein bars. Always, no matter where I go, I have them close by simply because who knows what happens and I don't get to eat and suddenly I'm going to make a bad decision. I don't want to be in a position where I can, I I really do think another part of this is figuring out where you failed and plugging up those holes. Yes. That's an important point to make because a lot of people, I mean, you know, I do this myself where you, you fail, but it's like 
you don't want to face why you failed. Right. So you just kind of go around it. Yeah. And it's easy to do that in so many facets of life, right? Where you're just like, that didn't work out. I'd really not like to address why it didn't work out. I'll just look over here. Yeah. And like with, I think that can happen with food and exercise really easily. For sure. Where you're just like, I don't know, man. I just like food. That's the other one. It's like, I like food. Yeah. I, I used to say that and be like, I, I love when I see someone in shape and I go, I guess he doesn't like food. <laughs> that's that, it. That's it. Yeah. That guy just doesn't like food. Yeah. That's why he doesn't. And you think a little bit less of them too, because yeah. people who don't like food are assholes. Well, you don't like to eat? Yeah. I mean, Jesus And Christ. they probably have bad taste in food. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you realize like, oh, that's a fucking healthy, accountable guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. just taking care of himself. And yeah. I'm like, the guy doesn't like to eat. He eats ice cream like three times a year on a whim. Yeah. Fucking asshole. Yeah. Fuck so, those people. Yeah. The normies. Yeah. <laughs> I hate them. They're the worst. Yeah. Um, what about like, I guess the same kind of thing applies. You take the family on vacation. Well, I, I mean... I, I'm also a sicko and a degenerate, and I love to eat too. L yeah. The first, um, this first diet that I went on that my wife put me on 2001 or two, um, I spent like two months watching food TV. It, it was kind of new at the time, mm -hmm. and I just sat and watched food TV. I, I needed some kind of a connection with food. And then I became obsessed with cooking, and I would cook shit that I couldn't eat and like be making fresh homemade pasta with my kids but not eating it. Mm -hmm. um, and I've taken them, I've dragged them around the world a couple of times to like, I took my wife to Beijing to watch her eat duck on like, they're basically like little crepes. I can't, I couldn't eat that. I just, and she hates duck. And you, you knew, like you knew that this, I shouldn't introduce this to myself. No, no. I, I was just watching her. But you wanted to try it though, or no? I wanted to just Watch I wanted her. to just be near right. the food. Like yeah. we, we went, we've done culinary tours of Europe. That you didn't eat on? That I didn't eat on. But only because you go like, if I do, this is going to go south? I, yeah. Wow. You know, um, I just, I, I would have my parameters that I wouldn't yeah. break. And there were often restaurants that it was impossible. So I would just not eat and just be You're like, doing this at like Michelin star restaurants? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. And we're there and they're, and they're eating and I'm watching them and I'm trying to experience what they're experiencing just through osmosis or no. something. Yeah. I, I did, but that's like, that's not, I'm not saying that's not the wise thing to do. And, mm -hmm. and you know, like it would be like a guy getting sober and starting to work at a bar. Yeah. This is a stupid thing to do. Right. I am a mentally disabled, crazy person mm -hmm. when it comes to my addictions. Um, I've gone wine tasting with my wife many times and I taste the olive oil that the, that the people produce because I can't taste the wine. You know, uh, I probably have no business being anywhere near there. I've been sober a long time, so I'm safe to do that now. Mm. Um, and I've had my food under control and I can, I, it's not to the point where I'm today, if there's a restaurant that I read about that's doing something super radical, I'm safe to go and have a meal there and I'll eat whatever I want. And, and you'll I, eat whatever you want. Yes. Okay. It's not so dire. 10 years ago when I'm taking my kids to meet Dario in Chianti to watch him carve up beef and I'm on low fat, you know, this is maybe not the smartest decision to make. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that. I just, I didn't want to be like, Hey, we're going to the French laundry and you're like, hmm, they have rice. <laughs> right. Exactly. What am I going to yeah, eat? What there? are you doing, man? No, no, I, I, I'll go to town there now. Okay. Uh, but there were years where we went to Napa and I did not participate. Really? Yeah. I mean, I believe, I mean, that makes sense. When it's like newer. You know? Right. I'm glad, but now you're like at this 
So yeah, I'm I'm also not as obsessed. When I was doing insanely restrictive diets, I was hyper obsessed with food. I wanted to cook all the time. I wanted to have some kind of a a relationship with food that I wasn't getting through eating. Now I'm eating honestly more food than I've eaten in years, and I'm losing weight also because I've fine tuned my diet and I've got it all under control. How often do you work out? Every day. Seven days a week? Six, six, six days a week. Jesus. Yeah. You, have, you have one rest day, full rest. Yeah. And, yeah. and, it's, all, and it's all very... Um, there were years where I would just go to the gym and, and go like, let's see what I can do today. This is much more thought through. I'm not lifting heavy. I'm, uh, you know, on this, when, I, when I do these phases... It'll be like a four-week period where all the workouts Monday, every Monday will be the same exercises. It will just become progressively more over the month so that the final Monday, I'm lifting the heaviest and the most, but still not even really to true failure. I don't, you know, this is, it's created something that I can do forever. Yeah. It is a lifestyle. I'm never destroying myself in the gym. You know, I look at the guys like, um, Goggins and I respect him so much yeah. and I think he's so inspirational. When I've done extreme stuff like that, it lasts a very short period of time and I hurt myself or I hurt myself. I cannot do stuff like that forever. So yeah. I really am trying to cobble together a life that is truly a lifestyle change that is something I can sustain forever. The sustainability is like the most important factor because for I, me, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I think for a lot of, I mean, I, I feel the same way where I go like, like I did keto and I did it for like six or nine months. And of course I lost a bunch of weight, but for me, I was like, I don't, I don't see like some people are like, no, I live keto forever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I can't, you know, it right. just doesn't like, I don't want that. So I have to figure out things that work for me. Yeah. You know, the other thing, cause I did keto for a long time and there was a period of time where I thought no carbs, this is just how I'm going to live. It got to the point where I wasn't losing weight anymore. And so I then had to restrict my food mm -hmm. and I was like, this is not, I thought I was supposed to be able to eat anything and I'm not losing weight. So I'm restricting my food. So now I'm just doing a low calorie diet. Yeah. What the fuck is the point? Right. Um, so eventually I, I just gave it up because I also was consuming, that was the diet I was doing where I was consuming, you know, if you eat too much protein on keto, it knocks you out of keto. You're, yeah. you're not doing keto anymore. Right. Cause you got to have like that, that percentage that was like 75% fat. It's more then, fat like, than yeah, protein. Yeah. Certainly. And then like 15% pro and you're like, okay. And then, yeah. And you can also eat uh, too many calories on keto if you're not like kind of gauging it too, you know? Right. So if I'm, if at the end of the day I'm counting calories, I'm I want rice. Yeah, you know, I, I, if it's not fucking me up, if I'm not having some other weird reactions like inflammation or bloating or whatever people could potentially have from eating rice, which I don't, why not eat the stuff I want to eat? You know what I mean? Why not design the meals in a healthy way that make me feel the way I want to feel that I can envision myself eating forever? Yeah. That to me is just, but look, I'm not knocking it. If people are happy doing keto forever, do it. But if you've got 500 pounds or 200 pounds to lose and you hit a point where you're now having to literally count calories while doing keto and you're wondering 
what's the difference between counting other types of calories? There is none. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's so, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot, man. Yeah. It's a lot. And that, I think that's part of what can really um, intimidate people is they just hear something like this and they go, I don't know, man, that's just, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, you know, which yeah. is, which is fine. Fair. Yeah. I'm not, I have no diet. I'm trying to sell people. I, I, I don't think the way I eat works for everybody. I think people are happier doing stuff like keto or, or veganism. I eat two pounds of meat at least every day. So that's not going to work for a vegan. You eat two pounds of meat a day. Yep. It's lean meat, but yeah, at least on Sundays I eat two and a half pounds of meat. Wow. Chicken breasts. I'm counting fish as meat. Yeah. Um, salmon. I'm not eating ribeyes, but yep. yeah, I'm having two pounds of lean protein every day in the form of meat. And then I'm also having whey protein uh, and casein So what are your grams of protein a day? At least 250 grams. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to hit 200 right now. It's not easy. No. It's a lot of food. I know. The other thing that's crazy, if you, you switch from high fat to low fat, the amount of calories per gram in fat versus protein and carbs, it's like 2.5 times. So you have one gram of fat that has nine calories and you have one gram of protein or carbohydrates that only has four calories. So you cut the fat out and increase the protein. You got more than double the amount just by volume. So it becomes a lot more food. And do you get some of these uh, protein grams from protein shakes and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 50 50 grams a day, I think. About 50 from that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's taken me a while, but I was not loving my results. I wasn't getting my six-pack yeah. doing keto. And every time I'd get a DEXA scan, my lean tissue was disappearing almost evenly with my fat. And so I just was like, how do I, how do I just lose fat? That's all I want to lose. Right. I want to have this muscle that I have because I'm fat. Why not just keep that? And so I looked at the way bodybuilders diet and mm-hmm. I really just modeled it after that. Which was to... Low fat. Low fat. Um, and get those protein grams in and yeah. working out. A ton of protein, low fat, and a lot of exercise. And, and weightlifting. Yeah. That's the other thing is I think a lot of people wanting to lose weight just go, I just need to do tons of cardio. Well, and this which is... Which I've work, done. Right. Yeah, but the, the minute you stop doing the cardio, mm-hmm. if you don't suddenly change the way you're eating you're going to gain weight because you've only been losing weight because of that. I think that's another extreme thing. I, and I did that. Mm -hmm. I did bicycle riding eight hours a day for two years. That is so fucking insane. It's insane. I was also starving myself while I was riding. So it was like the most unhealthy way I could have done that. Yeah. I lost a lot of weight. I got thin, still didn't have abs, still felt like a failure. And the 2021 goal is obliques. Yeah. Now, listen, I have a ton of loose skin, so yeah. it's, it's, it remains to be seen if I get that lean, if you'll even be able to see it or the skin will just hang over it and yeah. cover it because you have to have pretty taut skin to show those muscles. But this is my goal. I love it. Yeah. I love the goal, man. Yeah. I love it. And I'll get to do another like Playboy, Playgirl uh, photo shoot. <sighs> Fucking do it at my house. I want to yeah. see that shit. Greased up. It's yeah. awesome. I got some baby oil. <laughs> yes. Do the whole thing. Um, yeah, dude. I... Um, I'm so glad you came. I, Thank you for I, having I me. I find this, like I, I said, I find your 
your story incredibly inspiring. Um, and I, I've like, I've enjoyed watching it. I'll continue to watch it, but, um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I get so much just out of seeing that transformation and like, yeah. and how you work at it and maintain it. I think yeah. it's awesome, man. Thank you very That's much. That's awesome. So thank you for coming. Thank you for having uh, me. Uh, Monsieur Supplie. Yeah, I right. appreciate it. Thank you for having me. <laughs>